Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for June 16th, 2019. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us on this Father's Day. Uh, I was wondering what to say for Father's Day in terms of a Dharma uh, teaching. And um, I said, well, I'm going to tell the story that I've know that I've shared many times before, but when I think about it, <laughs> it just blows me away. And uh, I think it's an amazing story, a personal experience I had uh, <clears throat> with my father. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think that um, there's a stereotype which probably has some tr- basis in truth is that Sometimes fathers and sons uh, have a troubled relationship. Um, Maybe it's because the father is uh, a disciplinarian or pressures uh, the son to to shape up and you know achieve more and and is uh, hard on the son. Uh, But but of course there are many. father-son relationships that are fine and where the son feels that the father is their best friend or the, or a role model and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, my story is when I was uh, in high school, uh, you know, bear with me if, <laughs> if this is familiar uh, story. <clears throat> and I don't know what happened, but I, I was in a certain, uh, period where I cut class okay I didn't go to school and I guess it was for several days maybe and of course this I didn't I didn't think I wasn't thinking and they take attendance in homeroom and if a student is uh, absent and they don't and the school doesn't have a reason well, something might be wrong. So they contact the parents. I, I didn't really 
Think about this. And so at this time, uh, uh, they called my home and talked to my father, and he was concerned, and he drove to the school, talked to the assistant principal or whoever, and and he said, well, you know, your son hasn't been at school. Uh, and so uh, he went, spent almost the whole day going to familiar places that he thought that I might be at, like at the local YMCA, playing basketball and stuff. And and some of my friends, I heard later, you know, some of my friends were were there at playing basketball. And and uh, and my father went there and said, oh, you know, if they asked if they had seen me and they said no. And so <laughs> that evening, uh, at the when we were eating dinner, uh, I was asked, you know, how school? And I said, fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, after dinner, uh, my father called me into his study, and he told me what happened. He said, well, I got this call, and I looked around. I put for you and everything, and then, and then he broke down and he started crying, and and he said. Is anything wrong? You know what? What's wrong? What's what's troubling you? What's what, you know? And uh, this was like a, uh, a trigger, I guess, or or just pushing something that uh, I'm sure he didn't plan this as a strategy or anything. But when that sincerity comes out like that that empathy for me, I started crying as soon as he started crying and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, I'll, I'll straighten out that I'll straighten out. Uh, and now when I think about this experience, uh, the typical father, uh, any, almost any father in this kind of situation uh, would be judgmental. And would be thinking about, you know, he would tell the son, hey, what, what's going on? You know, I got a call from school and I, I have a busy schedule, but I spent the whole day, you know, looking for you and everything. What are you thinking? You know, I mean, he say, uh, but none of that. Not how much trouble I caused him, but, gee, this kind of behavior is something troubling you, no? And uh, in well, I shouldn't say in Buddhism, but you know, the Buddhism they talk about compassion, and I think compassion is based on empathy. Um, this is where you know you become aware of what another person is feeling or experiencing. And uh, so the lesson here, I think, is that when you are on this side of uh, somebody empathizing with you, when you when you are completely in the wrong, uh, it makes you take a look at uh, your relationship, your situation, and and I and, and I. 
I don't like to just think of this as an interesting story about my father and, and this, my experience there, but I want to really use it as an example, as a teaching on empathy and apply it to all kinds of situations, not just necessarily my own or just, or even to domestic family issues. Okay. It could be uh, any kind of situation when somebody does something and, and particularly when they do something you don't particularly care for, that maybe at work or, you know, or strangers rude to you or, you know, any kind of situation. Um, you say, well, um, why? I don't know if it's a, a tendency for someone to get mad at someone else, but to, instead of trying to understand the other person, what kind of what the, what what kind of situation is going on here? Okay, and trying to understand well causes and conditions. What, what's going on that people act certain ways because of certain reasons? Okay, and I think it's a mistake to blame the person. So that's the way they are, you know, and uh, they're no good. <laughs> and that's why they did this. Okay. Well, you should ask the follow-up question. Of why are they, why are they, you think they're no good? You know, what made them this way? What, uh, what's going on? Huh? And I suppose this is a variation of uh, the, the common quote, um, condemn this the sin but not the sinner and I think this is a tricky thing this is a tricky <laughs> application of this kind of thing uh, so uh, we try to not say blame somebody's lack of character or some personal trait okay uh, and it requires more of a digging more of a personal effort in trying to understand situation. The easy the easy way is to say, hey, you know, you're what you know, you <laughs> to blame the person. Because it might be kind of difficult to really analyze, you know, what was going on in this kind of a situation. So I try to apply it, and it's not always easy. <laughs> well, today's guest to give us the Dharma glimpse is Roger Sayo. He lives in Georgia, and he was part of our LM5 group. We're on our LM12 group now. Um, and here's Roger Sayo. I've been pondering the meaning of Sanka the harmonious community. My family celebrated Father's Day on Friday. Present were Dorothy, myself, our son, and his wife, and his two children, our daughter, her husband, and their daughter. I got to sit at the head of the table. Quite a pleasant treat for me. Growing up with my mother, father, and sister, we never celebrated such holidays. In fact, while we often went to my grandparents' homes for Sunday dinner, 
The only outside celebrations I recall were around Thanksgiving. So for me, such family celebrations as Father's Day or Mother's Day have always seemed, well, odd. But this time, seated at the head of the table, I felt a warm glow. Perhaps it was just from having undistracted time with close family. I'm not sure, but for the first time in my life, I recognized that family events that recognize the importance of specific roles such as mother, father, children, holidays, weddings, and births create a bond between all participants. I've excluded funerals here, maybe because funerals are participated in by a wider community. Funerals recognize the place that a person has had in the lives of many others. They recognize the transience of life. But the hearth celebrations with close family do something a little different. They create, as well as celebrate, the importance of relationships within our most intimate community, family. Sometimes, due to distance or estrangement, we lose contact with family. This can be difficult to reestablish. Sitting at the head of the table reminded me of my duty to reach out to other family who cannot be present for such celebrations. Then there are the communities we purposely participate in, such as our community today, the Bright Dawn Sangha. This is the Sangha, the community of Buddha's followers. Yes, other faiths have such communities. Faith or religion is, after all, society sanctified. But for me, having participated from childhood on in a different faith community, the Sangha somehow seems different. And yes, this virtual Sangha today is different for me. But what is that difference? It's not that we're among the elect who are going to a life beyond life. It's instead that we are paying attention to this life within life itself. It's not a life that some great deity Buddha in the sky has given. Rather, it is the recognition that beginningless existence is itself the great event which we all get to participate in and which we will continue to participate in in some manner even after we die. In this Sangha, there is not some great reward by a deity who will give blessing of heaven or curse of hell. Rather, there is the straightforward gift of the present in which we have the opportunity of continuously working for a better life for others as well as ourselves. This is, for me, reflected in the four great vows which state the ongoing intent to improve ourselves as well as the intent to make life better for all. If you'd like to, you can chat along with me. numberless, I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. The Buddha way is unsurpassable, I vow to realize it. May this be so for all of us. Yeah, thank you very much.
you know, uh, whenever I think about family and uh, we, <laughs> there's there's a saying I suppose that familiarity breeds contempt. I mean, that's a pretty strong statement, but um, yeah. <clears throat> when you have strong emotions. Such as in the you know uh, loved ones in the family and everything, but uh, I'm thinking of this phrase "invisible eyelashes," which is the title of a book written by a, a well-known Buddhist teacher. And the title "invisible eyelashes" means that you can't see what's close to yourself. The eye cannot see it, so the eyelashes, because it's just too close to oneself. You're always looking at something a little farther away. You don't notice what's right there. And so we might not realize the importance of uh, those that are closest to us. And um, it I don't know if it's the example of uh, how you grew up or, you know, it's so dynamic and complex in terms of human relationships. But I always think about uh, a fellow worker. This was when I was in college and I was working part-time at, and uh, I got to know a co- uh, co-worker and um, they invited us over for dinner at their place. And, and uh, we're we're young, young in our twenties, and um, he said somewhere in the the evening conversation, he said uh, he doesn't uh, maintain relationships with the extended family. In this case, meaning cousins and nieces and nephews and things like this. And I suppose he came from a pretty large family. Because he said, because if he did, uh, you know, get involved in all these family, extended family relationships, because he couldn't have a a life of his own. He'd always be going to weddings and funerals and, you know. And uh, when I heard this, I was always one. I was a little surprised. I didn't say anything, but uh, we really tout, uh, you know family. Now, I suppose I put that word extended in there because uh, maybe uh, family relationships could be very complex and get involved more so than uh, co-workers or friends. And because of the familiarity aspect, maybe that means that the relationship is, you know, they they say, well, family is a place where you, if you go, they have to take you in. I mean, family's family. Um, whereas you could have a falling out with friends, you could, or you know, coworkers. Now you could have a falling out with family, but you're always family, and. Um, because of that, I think uh, it might be an aspect of like uh, 
you you take it for granted, you know, uh, and you become a little bit, uh, you know, uh, social politeness. We're not. We don't have to be polite to our family members because the relationship is so solid. Okay that uh, you don't have to think about social niceties. Okay? Whereas if you're with some acquaintances or even strangers in a public setting, you know, you're always aware to be polite. Okay? Um, and isn't this ironic that, th- that the ones that are closest to us, that we care so much about, we get careless. Mm-hmm. In fact, when on this topic, one time a uh, Buddhist minister was saying, yeah, that's right. Uh, he said, that's why I, when uh, someone comes to me with um, uh, spouse, having trouble with the spouse, usually you say it's the man, <laughs> uh, husband, complaining about the wife. And he would say, well, his advice was, Treat your wife like it w- like she's the neighbor's wife, your neighbor, uh-huh. um, and that makes the point that you know you you <laughs> if it was your if you ran into your neighbor's w- wife, you'd be very cordial and considerate and you know uh, not talk in a short fashion or and, you know, or maybe judgmental or maybe something that has to do with keeping score and resentments and, you know, and you know that when, uh, whenever spouses argue, they always dredge up things from the past, right? And then you get statements like always and never and, and, and then the time that, you, you know, you did this and it's, well, how about then, how about the time that you did that and also and so forth? Um, uh, the familiarity and inability to let go of past wrongs, presumed wrongs, okay? And because you care about the relationship, it hurts, okay? Because if you didn't really care, then you'd say, well, you know, like someone once told me, (laughs) this was when I was a teenager too, but, uh, you, you know, you have a girlfriend or something like this, and uh, 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 let's say it doesn't work out. And this guy was telling me that he, uh, with ex-girlfriends, he he doesn't uh, have anything positive or negative about it. He just moves on, okay? which I suppose is you know is an admirable thing. But the way he phrased it was. He explained to her, he said, you know, if I really cared for you, you would always be on my mind. <clears throat> if I if I resented and sort of hated you, you'd always still be on my mind. But I'm just telling you, as far as I'm concerned, my, and you're concerned with me, my mind's a blank. Now, maybe this is a <laughs> kind of a crude way of putting it, okay? But there's some truth there. If you hang on to attach to the good things and the bad things, you know, 
this is when the attachment could not necessarily always lead to some kind of victimization. And that's self-inflicted okay? because you get attached uh, about good things. And you want things, well, how, how come it doesn't stay that way? Or you get attached to the bad experience and you say, hey, hey, you know, I, that hurt me. And, uh, uh, well, revenge maybe or, or, or um, self-martyrdom, you know. I think those forces, psychological forces, are very powerful. So, and yet, uh, to be able to have, as the uh, Dharma Glimpse was saying, uh, you know, it's kind of unusual when a person says that their family didn't celebrate holidays and get-togethers except for, you know, maybe that one Thanksgiving, he said. Um, And then to, to... uh, through through marriage and whatnot, they families interact together, and um, y- you might experience something that, oh gee, something like this is possible, <laughs> or you know, and and you don't realize it. It's just your own situation. It's like your your invisible eyelashes. You don't you know. That's just, and so this way, I guess it's a, an aspect of awareness. And through that awareness, uh, feelings of uh, appreciation, feelings of, you know, uh, uh, what you experience here, and and realizing the fortunate nature uh, that one has in terms of family and not taking it for granted. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going. And you have a wonderful day. Thank you.